Hey guys, welcome to the Delta Flyers. I'm your host, Garrett Wong. My co-host is Robert Duncan McNeil. We are a podcast which talks about Voyager episodes from beginning to the very end. And guess what? We're in season five right now. And yes, we are. We, we have made some changes. We're making some changes to... Oh yeah, we have. We have made making some changes to our format. What I yeah. love about this podcast, mm. Garrett, is uh, the community that it's built. And, you know, our Patreon patrons are really involved in yeah. the podcast and what we do. And uh, we got some feedback from the Patreon patrons. We had a big uh, survey, a mm. multi, multi-layer survey that got a lot of feedback. And I'm so grateful for all the positive feedback. We got a lot of, a lot of love from the fans, but also some great suggestions. So like one thing uh, we're going to be doing is we used to do in some of our Patreon bonus material, we would do do-overs. Like what, what would we do over again if, if we had a chance? Um, we're going to be changing that because of a suggestion from the Patreon patrons to what scene is missing, which I'm excited about because mm. there's always a, an opportunity in, in an episode where, oh, if there had just been a scene between Janeway and Chakotay or something mm. like that. So yeah, I think that'll be fun for us to make up yeah. improvements in episodes. Yeah. And then on my end, typically for the Patreon patrons, I always have my language lesson and this this evolved i mean i know a lot of fans are probably wondering why is this even included and part of it is because i i speak multiple languages i love languages and so i just yeah. thought or at least someone at in the beginning did they did suggest it in the beginning they said hey yeah. you should do language lessons and so uh -huh. this did this was a fan suggestion to begin with and now we are going to switch to Star Trek languages. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's a great idea yeah. that they were oh, yeah. suggesting. So yeah. we're gonna go with uh, Klingon, uh, Vulcan, whatever comes up. You know, it could be anything, but primarily focused on Klingon. Klingon is the one that's really been written down and kind of like explored very deeply. Yes. Whereas yes. there, there's a lot of Vulcan words and phrases, mm. uh, Ferengi words and phrases, Romulan words and phrases that we will be teaching everybody or you will be teaching everybody mm, yes. these languages and yes. uh, that's going to be fun. So yeah. I love those. So, I love the new ideas. I think that's going to be a lot. Yeah. Of fun. So a few little tweaks here and there really. Yeah. We're excited about that. Now, just to let everyone know, we've, we've had a bit of a break um, from the last time we recorded. So a lot has happened since yeah. then. Uh, I have since returned from my European trip. I went to Italy first for a small convention in Fiuji, which was super fun. It was my second time there. And then after that, I flew to France, to Bordeaux, France, for my zero gravity flight with the European Space Agency, which I was super nervous about. I was like, oh, I know gosh. you were. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know what was going to. What was going to transpire? The, did you get the motion sickness shot? Did you do yeah, it? Yeah, I got you the did? shot. I got you hate needles, shot. so I know. I, I know hate you. needles. Yeah, but and the thing was, he was. He was injecting it. The doctor was injecting it so slowly. And he says, he says, I'm sorry, but it has to be slow like this. This is the only way it is the most effective. So I'm like, okay, but you can feel it stinging as it's going in. Oh, and I'm going, oh my God, it's hurting, it's hurting, it's hurting. And then um, the line behind me to get the shot from yeah. the other 40 people was so long. I thought this is going to take forever because 
literally, it took him, it seemed like a minute and a half for him yeah. to finally inject all of this. And I thought that they're not even going to have everyone injected in time for the flight to take off. And then I came back, like, I don't know, five minutes later, the line was gone. So I almost felt like he was like, you did it slow for you. Did it work? Yeah, it worked. It worked. We're not nauseous at all. Yeah. The main thing is you have to keep your when you're going through the 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 double G portion of it, which means when the plane banks up, you're you're experienced double G because you're you're extremely, you know, um pushed down, pressed down, yeah. Pressed down. And then after the the 22 seconds of like it does this, and while it's curving the parabola, there's a 22 seconds of zero G, then it's double G again. So the double G portions, you have two that sort of bookend the zero G part. So when you're in double G, you have to keep your head straight. If you start looking around at people going, hey, you having fun? Yeah, you have. That's when you start losing it, you get sick. Uh, so I you, see. Know, you have to keep your head totally straight and looking at one point. Um, and it was cool because we did, I got to do, I think, 11 or 12 of these and the rest were reserved for other the scientists that maybe wanted to have fun so i was the first 11 and um i i started lying down and then i floated up then i started sitting then i started standing and floated then i floated with a model of the voyager a model of the delta flyer as well and uh and these were really kind of just interesting to see me floating with the models of the ship. Then I brought this action figure. So I floated him with me. Then I did one where Harry was floating with um, with the Voyager to sort of reenact that scene where Harry falls out of the ship in deadlock. So I, I, so I, I spun him in the air. So he's fly, he, he was flying or falling away from the ship kind of a thing. Oh, so, that's funny. Yeah, so we did a lot of really, really cool nifty uh, um, little experiments. That's like, very cool. Yeah, it was super cool, super cool. And then came back and uh, I'm still on European time right now. So I get yeah, really right. tired at about 2 p.m., 3 p.m., which is like bedtime over there. Yeah. Uh, but super fun, man. And you are done with Resident Alien for this. I season, am right? done with Resident Alien. Yeah. Uh, so while you were off in Europe doing the space flight, I yeah, was directing were. the last two episodes of uh, Resident Alien and yeah. it was great. And I actually, I was given a. Uh, you brought alan tudyk well sort of i <laughs> brought so nice. so okay at, everybody just for the, those of you yeah. listening robbie now has a actual model of of basically an alien from resident yes, alien it's a resident alien baby alien baby so alien at the, at the end of the first half of season two if, yeah. for those that watch resident alien the end of the first half, uh, Harry got an Alan Tudor got an egg, a, a, uh, an alien egg. It hatched, and this little baby alien came out of it. <laughs> and we had the makeup department, prosthetic makeup department, create a uh, animatronic version of this. We also had a CG version. Nice. But we could we could have an animatronic version where the 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 head swiveled around. So they had to create this cast. So they made a couple copies. For me and Chris Sheridan and oh. just a few people on the show. And I think Alan Tudyk got one. That's so um, cool. Do and the they arms, mounted it here. Move, you can move the arms and everything, These right? will, I think, or fingers I don't or know. Them. I don't want to break it. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> see, uh, for those that are not Patreon patrons, 
when you sign up for Patreon, you get the video and you could be watching this little baby alien bounce around in my lap right now. Um, uh, it's so impressive. That's that pretty cool, so, right? Yeah, it's super cool. Don't don't oh. poke your eye out. Oh my gosh. Ah. <laughs> ah. Uh, anyway. Um, oh, and and nice. by the way, oh, where's the sheet of paper? So the makeup department gave me this. What else do you have? They said, congratulations, you're the proud new parent of an adorable baby alien. <laughs> to make sure your baby alien is cared for and will live a long time, here are some tips. Number one, use a dry duster or microfiber cloth to dust. Avoid mm. getting your baby wet. Two, avoid bending or posing the arms and legs uh. too much to reduce micro tears and paint cracks. Mm. Three, don't feed after midnight. Oh, four. Mm. Avoid placing in areas with direct sunlight. Five. <laughs> admire your baby and sing to it nightly a lullaby <laughs> to tuck it in before bed. Thanks for a wonderful season. Uh, your That's onset so makeup cool. effects and puppet team. That was very cool. That's so cool. Had to share that. Those guys are awesome. No, they're super awesome. Why the heck didn't we get like a? you know a I little know, model of 8472 or something we were working on voyager we didn't get to take home anything i have to say on the resident alien crew and cast and everything they are so sentimental uh, as we wrapped up these last this last week or two yeah people were giving gifts it felt like the christmas holidays or we were, <laughs> you know people were giving out hats and patches and t-shirts and and baby aliens and it was just crazy Dang. you know comic books and um more so than art. any production that you've ever been a part I of i think correct? so it's like it's a didn't... really nice cast and crew yeah that love showing their affection to each other and showering each other everyone and... with gifts and oh little trinkets gosh. i love it it was crazy it wow. was crazy yeah hmm. okay. anyway and now i'm back home in utah yeah um and we're excited to be home so that's the nice. end of my my update. That's a lot of updating we did. It today. is a lot of updating. This is a long you know, intro for, for I, everybody, but but from we just what gotta, you, gotta catch up. But from what you just said, that makes me feel like I need to come on a set visit on the last day of the yeah. season, so you I can get some maybe swag. possibly get a swag or two, <laughs> a piece of swag or two. Yes. Yeah, it's a good group. Okay, so this week's episode. Now that yes. we have debriefed everybody on our lives, is yes. the episode thirty days. Okay, Ooh. so I think uh, yes, I think we should go watch this. We should go watch this for sure. <laughs> All right, everyone, uh, we'll be right back after watching thirty days. Hey, everyone, we're back from watching thirty days. Yes, I feel like it took me 30 days to get through this episode. I can't believe you don't remember anything about this episode because this is all you. It's like, it's what? Crazy. It's crazy. It really is crazy. First of all, I just want to say I was right. This is the underwater one. Remember, I, underwater I, I brought one. that up. I was like, isn't this the underwater one? This Maybe? is the underwater one. The only thing that I really, when, when I hear the title 30 days, what yeah. I always think about is yeah. the brig scenes yes. when i'm in the brig and writing yes. the letter yes and one thing i found out after watching this today and re-watching it and and starting to remember is that this episode was really short and those scenes were not in the original script and this which episode scenes? which scenes were not in the all the brig script? scenes all the brig scenes oh basically you, oh. basically it was like he got sent to the brig 
But all the stuff about Neelix coming and writing letters to dad and all of that stuff was added because the episode came in short. When they edited it all together, it was like 10 minutes short. Which is rare. Which Am is right? really rare. Usually yeah, they're you, over. Usually and they're they have over. To cut. Yeah. yeah. Usually they're long and they have to cut them down. This one was almost 10 minutes short, which huh. is a huge number. And so I think what they decided to do was expand out this time in the brig with the letters to dad and yeah, all this stuff yeah okay. so that's why it sort of felt almost like two episodes in one like yes it, you know with the flashbacks and everything because it was all added later okay it, it fits into the premise of the show yes it does of the episode but it definitely was added on later so okay um yeah i all thought right. it was thought it was interesting <laughs> so many so many things to talk about Definitely. Uh, Let's start with our synopsis, our poetry synopsis. Oh, and yes. Oh, yes. Here we go. Here we go. My haiku for 30 days. An ocean in space. Containment field weakening. Paris disobeys. Ooh. <laughs> nice. You captured it. The haiku was elegant. The haiku. Thank simple. You. Okay, the limerick, not so easy, not so no, simple. No, this I probably restarted that five or six times with different rhymes and words, and I couldn't. <laughs> Was anyway. this all you, or did you have any help on this? You know, I <laughs> this could. I'm just going to say the limericks are hard, and yes. so getting some support is absolutely understandable. Okay, okay, okay. Anyway, here we go with a limerick for thirty days. Dear Dad, I'm in the brig. Let me explain. Tried to save an ocean from dying in vain. Janeway was pissed, but here is the twist. I'm an ensign now, but Harry won't complain. <laughs> okay? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> That's a good one. It was worth the five or six different versions. I Harry finally... <laughs> Harry you gotta have complain. a little Harry might complain. He might wait, be like, I'm wait. supposed to be the only ensign here. You can't That's be an true. ensign as well. That's true. <laughs> okay. Yes, you were saying you had different versions of how you would come about with this limerick. Well, the, thing, the thing about a limerick is it's gotta have a little sense of fun to it. Yes, it does. So I think this one had a sense of fun <laughs> and um very happy with it now. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's talk about uh, the important people in this show. At oh, and we forgot to guess who directed this one. So we oh yeah, we didn't do it on this episode. So Vinrich Colby. So Mr. Rick Colby, Rick who Colby. has not, you know, he's been kind of a wall for a while, and now he comes back to do this one. He comes back. Yeah, we all loved Rick. He did the pilot. You know, he mm -hmm. did Caretaker. Mm -hmm. Um one of our favorite directors he just he's so good he's good with character and acting he's mm -hmm. good with um composing shots that amplify the story and the scenes yeah. mm -hmm. um he uses all kinds of different tools you can't pinpoint him down to just no one style you know yeah sometimes it's really big wide shots that are very cinematic sometimes it's super tight close-ups he just really shoots what i would call a full meal directorially like mm. you know it's not just like you're having one entree or one part of the meal you're having you know the appetizer the the, yeah. the main course the side dishes the dessert the, yeah it's just everything he does such a good job so rick yeah. colby uh did a great job and i did remember 
as I watched this, once I realized Rick Colby directed it, I did remember those Briggs scenes with Rick and how great he was at directing me and making it very personal and very grounded. He was just great. I do remember as an actor, it felt so good to have Rick there because he didn't say a lot. Sometimes he'd just use a couple of words to sort of inspire you. To get you in that where he he needs to have you as an actor. Exactly. To focus okay. you in. He was great. All right. Uh, story. Yeah. Story by Scott Miller. Teleplay by Ken Biller. Mm-hmm. And let's have your rundown on our guest stars. Well, um, I'm going to I'm going to save Willie Garson for last. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to jump to uh, Benjamin Livingston, who played Burkus. Burkus. Uh, Burkus. Yes. Um, as you know, I love to go back to their very first job. Benjamin mm-hmm. Livingston's first job was a TV show I'd never heard of. In 1995, his first job was Love and War, the television series. Don't remember it, Hmm. but I guess he was a guest star on that. So that was uh, Benjamin Livingston, Burkus. We also have the Kramer twins. Yeah, the Delaney sisters. Yes, the Delaney sisters, Mm -hmm. Heidi and Alyssa. Now they are from Vancouver originally, which I had forgotten. But they're from Vancouver, and they sort of made their name in the commercials for Double Mint Gum. Do you remember the Double Mint Twins? Yes. That whole campaign of different twins for the Double Mint Gum. They were in one of the commercials. They were in one of those commercials. That's how they sort of got got noticed. And Mm -hmm. Voyager was actually their very first TV job. Uh, They went on to do MTV Undressed after that series, I think, in season two of that. They... They were prominent and other things, but Voyager was their very first scripted TV show. Hmm. Um, We also have Warren Munson as Admiral Paris. Now he had been on the show before and uh, playing Admiral Tom's dad, Admiral Paris, but this was his last episode. He did the voice of Admiral Paris. Yeah. Yep. And then this was the last time he played Admiral Paris. After this, it was Richard Hurd. Took oh okay in that role okay so uh, you know back yeah. to the kramer sisters every time i hear that name all i can think of is that movie kramer versus kramer <laughs> that's funny so now i want to come back around to willie garson okay. so uh willie who played riga um i knew willie since i was a young actor i knew him long before voyager uh, Interesting. We, had, we had done a play together at the ensemble studio theater in new york many years ago mm-hmm. I knew him around New York when I was uh, starting out as an actor. He was a friend. He was somebody who I knew from auditions. Uh, We had a lot of mutual friends in common. So I knew him on a personal level. Not to bury the lead on this, Willie Garson died last year in September Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. cancer. And uh, he's very young. He's my age. You know, Mm -hmm. he was a very young man. Um, He had fostered uh, a young boy and then adopted him and raised uh, became a single father of of a of a what is now a, a young man and was an incredible incredibly devoted father and uh, and friend he had you know willie's w- willie was one of those guys that everybody felt like they were his friend you know I, I didn't see willie all the time we didn't stay in touch constantly but whenever i ran into him whenever i saw him um it felt like not a moment had passed. And uh, um, I got to work with Willie on 
White Collar when I directed the show White Collar. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a series regular on White Collar for years. And also Sex and the City. A lot of people know Willie from Sex and the City. That was uh, among many, many other jobs. But yeah, he's definitely a very, he was a very prolific uh, actor. He did a yeah. lot of different uh, jobs and many different types of characters. So you were right. The other thing you were right about was the opening scene is your demotion in Janeway's ready right room. Right away. Right, right away. And you yeah. are escorted to the brig. You know where it's at. You're a little salty that they're trying to touch you, you know, lay hands on you. But well, we, yeah, it's a very mysterious scene. scene. I'm yeah. all of a sudden Paris is in trouble. Mm-hmm. We don't explain why. Yeah. And he's a bit cocky. He like jerks he- his arm away. <laughs> he's like, I know the way to the brig. Which is old Tom Paris. It is. So old, old Paris is resurfacing. Yeah. In a season five episode, which yeah. to me, I thought, huh, that's a little interesting. And we know yeah. that clearly this is not an episode that was shot season one that they held off until season five. This yeah. is season five. So they yeah. kind of fell back on some some of the old habits of Paris, yeah. which, you know, I guess happens every now and then. Well, I think um, I do remember saying to them as we got into the later seasons, and maybe it was at those dinners, but I do remember having conversations with the writers or whatever, yeah. where I said, I love the way the character has evolved, but there must be, I remember this conversation many times. I said, it's a shame to get rid of his rebellious nature totally. Just write stories where he's being rebellious for a cause. Yeah, I said that for years because yeah. the first couple seasons, he was rebellious mm. for nothing. Yeah. for like selfish self-serving right reasons and i was like you know if you had written him being rebellious for a cause early it would yeah. have been much more effective it was for nothing mm-hmm. it was for you know s- selfishness so yeah I-, I love that they brought that quality back in i did notice in the scene that it was very thin on coverage and i was right. like it-, it-, it had the big wide shot it yeah. had some regular, you know, conventional coverage. And then after Paris left, there was this profile on Janeway. And I thought, oh, it feels like we're missing. Like that shot was for a longer scene and they cut some dialogue. Mm. Little did I know, little did I know later on, we're going to come back to that scene yeah. and repeat it. And, and we see the rest version. of the dialogue. And we full, see, full but I yeah. felt that in the first scene. I'm like, yeah. seems like there was more Something's here than missing. They cut. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then after you're escorted out, that was also a strange shot in the corridor. You're walking, then you have a little triumvirate of Seven, Harry, and Balana watching you walking yeah. to the brig. And it yeah. was just like, okay, <laughs> we're just, we're just it was kind of clustered. Yeah, why are we clustered there waiting for you? What are we doing? You know? Yeah, just, I wrote it, down, what are you guys talking about? Yeah, like, what are we- no, Nobody says anything to me. No. By the way, Balana no. just sort of takes a couple steps towards you. He steps Paris's. towards you and stops. Doesn't say a word. No, I was like, no. No. Yeah, awkward. no, it should it should have said, you know, I, I I'm I'm here for you, hun, babe, whatever, yeah. you know, something, some some support. It's gonna and be so, okay. Yeah, anything. it's gonna be okay. We're here for you when you're when yeah. you're out. I don't know, but it was very bizarre. So yeah. I, I don't know. I'm wondering, was that added as well? My my memory as I watched this and I did a little Googling real quick, it seems like I did remember that that we shot this, all the brig stuff, like a month later or something wow like, i remember rick coming back and directing these scenes that were added scenes and i remember being like what wait a minute yeah. this is 
Like this was not in the original script. So I didn't know any of this. Like, right. do you know what I mean? No, totally. It would have been nice to know yeah. that, that this was part of the story. I would have mm -hmm. included that in the performance, I guess, in some way, mm -hmm. but, but the whole letter to dad being all the scenes in the brig were added after and shot yeah. like a month later. So That's, maybe the hallway was later. Yeah, possibly. Know. All right. So now we're in the brig. We see Paris is actually working out, but this is the funniest thing. Neelix walks in and he's on one, two, three, and he sees Neelix and he goes, 98, 99. It's like, yeah, why are you, why funny. are you trying to impress Neelix? Ne I mean, Neelix. Like, what, what, what? it was a funny piece of writing. I laughed it at funny. it. It was a little bizarre. Yeah. Um, and he has the food. And this is when, uh, you know, you have a little nice little interaction with Neelix He's trying to be nice and he leaves. And by the way, you know, he brings a Leola root stew and Tom's complaining like, oh, Leola root stew again. <laughs> but I got to say, I think Tom secretly really loved Leola root yeah, stew. Yeah, no, I think he ate that with relish. I think he, he actually enjoyed yeah. it. So he was just pretending was, to want a pizza because <laughs> he loves Leola root stew because he talks about it all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, this, Tom wants some holiday privileges and, yep. and Neelix is like, this is a uh, prison, not shore leave. Yeah. And this is the beginning of the dictation of the letter. Yeah. The beginning of the dictation, by the way, the t-shirt, you know, Bob Blackman put Tom in this t-shirt, which I'd never seen before. Yeah. That, I, that Tom Paris was wearing. And it was this sort of tailored shirt. I thought it was a nice shirt. That's I like, I, I like the shirt. Um, I don't think the peck things were there though so no maybe yeah so that was just your regular chest this time and then that was my real it just looks so much more comfortable than what we normally wear i thought it was you know flattering i you know yeah i was you, never a take the shirt off kind of actor that was not my comfort zone but the no but you look good in, in that shirt yeah, definitely i thought the way it, was, it was cut it was yeah. definitely flattering for your figure and and your, i thought yeah and i and i thought bob blackman was always trying to push the envelope which mm -hmm. i appreciate and when you push the envelope in life in any way, like sometimes you're going to win, sometimes, sometimes you're going to lose. Sometimes, and, and I, sometimes you're a form-fitted shirt and sometimes you're a little black strappy item. Yeah, know? exactly. So, yeah. But I thought this was a win. I thought they, you know, yeah, I love that good. he tries things that are different and, yeah. and can really have some big success. I thought that yep. was a good shirt. Yep. Anyway, yes, yeah, starts dictating the letter. I mean, I guess I'll say overall, I really liked my performance and I don't always, I'm usually very critical. Mm -hmm. But I did feel overall in this episode, like, wow, I had some really nice scenes. I'd forgotten about this. I'd yeah. forgotten yeah. some of the scenes with Janeway or yeah. in the brig, just the highs and lows, the kind of mm -hmm. rebellious side, the down to earth side. I just, yeah. I was really happy. And so even in the simple way of like pacing back and forth and trying to start the letter, I thought, oh, wow, I'm not pushing. I'm not forcing the performance there. It's very natural. It's yeah, I yeah do. it was good. I do feel that you had a lot of, okay, if you compare this to Threshold, another Tom Paris episode, yeah. there's a lot, you know, both episodes you're doing a lot, but this episode you're doing a lot, a, a huge variety of things. Like, yeah. you know, for instance, when you were repairing the issue inside the shuttle, when the water's coming in with the, with mm -hmm. the breach, you know, you're getting wet there. You're using, you just, you got to do a lot of different things in this. That's episode, what I, I guess so. that's what I'm saying yeah. too. I agree. It was like, wow, there was some very simple naturalistic scenes yeah there was captain proton getting yes. to be a, you know yes melodramatic and larger yes. than life there yes. was all kinds of yeah really i was, was really overall really happy and yeah. the starting of the letter was the first moment in the episode where i was like yeah oh wow he was just being kind of a jerk to janeway yeah. and cocky and now he's being kind of and he was funny with neelix with the push-ups and then he was 
very kind of sensitive and insecure starting the letter. Wow. Yep. There's already been a couple of shades that are definitely that are, that are unusual for them to write that. And for me to kind of find the right pocket. So, yeah, I think any actor who would have uh, had a chance to act in this role for this script, for this episode would have been happy with this uh, script. Yeah. There's so much for you to do. Yeah. So then we jump to captain proton, which I was so happy to see more captain proton. This is the first time we see the twins. We see the Delaney sisters. Yep. And they're playing along and they're playing the characters of Demonica and Malicia. So yeah. two, uh, two now, uh, mistresses I, of evil. Is that what they're called? Yeah, the twin the, mistresses of evil. Yeah, the twin mistresses of evil. I do want to say, though, mm -hmm. that the very first shot of Captain mm -hmm. Proton is the famous butt on fire scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As we get into the, the Captain Proton story, the very first shot is is Captain Proton flying through space with a jetpack that has giant sparklers coming out and he's talking into his Captain Proton watch. This was the famous scene where they put me up on a teeter-totter with real giant sparklers and flame-proof pants, supposedly. And long story short, they put me up there, strapped me in, lit the sparklers, which they couldn't turn off, and it caught my butt on fire. My <laughs> pants caught on fire. I was up on the teeter-totter. I couldn't pat it, like the, the flames kept going. It was really old school, dangerous, and could have been bad. And it was, uh, but my, okay. My butt caught on fire. It I did got catch it. You giant... had, yeah, you had multiple layers of clothing there. They told you yes. you would be safe. But the, but the funny part was, and I'm, you know, I apologize for laughing at what happened, but- No, no, no. It was, it was... was when you started realizing you were burning, you started flailing. You started, yeah. you, your, your hands started going all over the place and everyone on the ground thought you were joking around. So we yeah. thought, <laughs> we just started laughing. We were like, oh, that's just Robbie being Robbie. Not, and not until you did this move. I, I remember standing oh, there really? watching you and you started doing time out, time out like that. And then everyone's like, hey, something's wrong with him. And so we pulled you down. You got pulled down and we realized that you and, burned your butt. And fire, fire extinguishers and all yeah. that because yeah. the, the effect they had in the jetpack was real pyrotechnics. Correct. It was, like, it was not. It was not CGI. It was just this is real, real, real sparklers shooting out, and not just a tiny spark. I mean, there were so many sparks they were going coming like out 30, of this 40 thing. feet. Right, and the, the actual jetpack it tilted down, yeah. and it started shooting all the flame, all the sparks onto your bum, and that's yeah. when you got burnt. But we yeah. just thought it was, oh, he's just joking around. He's kidding. And we no, didn't that know. Was the, that was the famous, my butt, butt got burned. Yeah. And right. if you look at, and they didn't get the shot they wanted. It didn't work out. So if you look at that shot, yeah. there's actually from my belt line up right. is right. me. Yeah. And from my belt line back is built. That's like my legs aren't moving. Nothing's moving back there because it's, it's like built with uh, photographs and other elements. They didn't even use the shot oh. where my butt got burned. They used, part, they used parts of it, but they had to piece it together. Oh, wow. You'll see my body's moving up top and my legs aren't moving at all because Dan Tree told me they had to build that anyway. They could have done it without me having any <laughs> sparklers on my back. They could have shot see? that and added the spark sparks later. And I was like, see? great. So I almost burned it out. <laughs> so your butt was a casualty for for not. It was really for, for no reason. Yeah, no reason at all. Yeah. Oh my gosh! The wardrobe that Bob came up with for the twin mistresses of evil just brilliant. Mm -hmm. The whole yeah. headpiece and everything—they looked great. 
And my favorite part of that segment of this of this scene is when you, when you say you two are going to jail for a very long time, and they both in unison go ooh like that. That was I wrote that down too. Comedy gem. I love yeah. that. Yes, very funny. Mm-hmm. Very funny. I thought uh, everybody was doing a great job over overplaying, over dramatizing the Captain yeah. Proton thing, and yeah. then Chakotay calls and yeah. Uh, we need you on the bridge. So right. we jump to the hallway and now Paris is talking about star charts and and Jenny and Megan are back to their normal personalities, not their holodeck personalities. And right. they're like all business. They Paris say 1400 says, hours, right? 1400 you hours, charts, yeah. we'll, we'll have the star charts. Sorry about that. Yeah. And they leave. And then, uh, and, and, and then Paris says, hey, Harry, I think Jenny likes you. And he's like, I don't want to, I, I don't, I'm not interested in Jenny. She's aggressive. She's annoying. No, Megan's the one I like. She's quiet, artistic. She's got the dimple. And Tom's like, wait, Megan has a dimple? Doesn't Jenny have a dimple? No, Megan. Yeah, it's right. very funny. Very funny. But also, isn't it funny that Megan is who is who I am with in real life? Oh yeah, that's uh, yeah. right. And that's right. Megan and I have, uh, we have friends, Billy, he's Asian, Asian American, who is married yeah. to Jenny. So there's there's another Asian guy married to one of the other Delaney sisters. So oh, that's funny about that. Yeah. Um, and I did make the other notable thing here is that this is the first time that we see the wardrobe not in black and white. Oh, yeah. Right. That's true. So we've in the entire time we've only seen black and white Captain Proton. And because we're what because we've been called to the bridge, we're walking out in still in our wardrobe and it is the first time we see how what it looks like in color. So I think that was definitely something. Yeah, that's true. Fans, I didn't even think about yeah, that. Yeah, the fans are probably excited about that too. Like, oh, look at that. So yeah, I know I was. I was like, oh yeah, finally in color. Yeah. We have a ship shot next and Voyager's flying over this ocean planet and it's very stormy. And I just thought it was a super cool shot. I think that uh, the VizFX department was nominated for an Emmy for this episode. This episode, I believe it. I believe yeah, I it. think, I think you- Voyager this year this this year of the Emmy nominations that happened that year when we yeah. filmed this, I this think is... Voyager got two or three Emmy nominations. This was right. one of the episodes. And I think DS9 got another Emmy nomination. It was like Star Trek almost swept the VizFX Emmy nominations this season. Yeah. I think it was oh, yeah. like four out of five nominations were, were Star Trek shows. Yeah. And, and this was one of them. Uh, agreed. Very, very much on point. And especially for a 90s show, this, this yeah. episode, all the visit effects on this show looked amazing. I agree. Um, yeah, this was really home run. Yeah. And just the whole concept of an entire of a plant or or in a planetary like, you know, um, surface that's all water. Just the yeah. thought of an entire just one big ocean is, is a really uh, interesting and cool uh, idea that you know yeah. I, I i never would have thought of this story storyline this story yeah. idea and it's it's wonderful it's interesting this idea of this giant ocean mm-hmm. and what we ultimately find out is this machine is holding all the water it's, it's basically this technology had kind yeah. of created this water planet yeah. right right and uh yeah last night rebecca and i watched this movie called moonfall which is a similar concept of aliens create this machine, this technology that that actually the moon has has collected a surface around it, but underneath that surface is really a giant technological space station. 
And that's been like since H.G. Wells time, they've yeah. talked about uh, the kind of internal structure of the moon. Maybe the moon's not the moon. Right. Maybe it's a spaceship covered to look like a moon. Right. So it was funny just to it, see this water episode and, and then, then that, that moon, one. Yeah. Moonfall movie. And they were like both kind of similar. Oh, maybe the Moonfall writer actually watched this episode and got it, you know, a little inspiration yeah. from Voyager. Yeah, it was no. just funny to watch to watch this and then to watch Moonfall in the same day. I was like, yeah. "Oh my god, this uh, is a theme of, of sci-fi <laughs> concepts." Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so now we're on the bridge and we see this planet uh -huh. that is basically a, an ocean, an ocean planet. Um, three ships emerge from the ocean. They look nice. Look at the visual effects here. I mean, they look yeah, they really, look really super cool. And they start firing on Voyager. They don't even say anything, but Voyager is no match for these three. We disable one of the ships and now they're ready to talk. And now we are introduced to Deputy Council Burkus of the Monean mm -hmm. Maritime Sovereignty. Now that's a mouthful there for you yes. right there. <laughs> Imagine if you had a By the way, stuff like that every day. <laughs> yeah, by the way, the Monaeans, so Burkus, and we'll later meet uh, Riga, and, Riga and some others. But when you see them all together, my first thought was like, Whoville. Like they look like... <laughs> Like the makeup looked like okay, you the can, Grinch, the Grinch who stole Christmas, the yes. Whoville people. Yeah. They kind of look. Like, yes, their yeah. faces, the 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 makeup that, that was used, they definitely look Whoville. But their yeah. wardrobe, I wrote down, they're crayons. I mean, they're all oh, yeah. crayons to yeah, me. They did you know? look kind of like, <laughs> like color, different color crayons. Yes, yes. <laughs> pullover hoodies. Yes, yes. But you're right. Yeah. I didn't get the Whoville connection until you brought that up. I immediately uh, was like, who do they look like? And then it yeah. hit me later. I'm like, Whoville, they're Whovilles. Whovillians. So they're, yeah. So they're not happy that we've violated their space. Yeah, stay away. And then, you know, Janeway's like, look, we have no intention to, to be aggressive here whatsoever. And then his response is, well, then why are you here? And she says, because we are explorers. And that sort of puts them at ease. And yeah. they beam over for their tour of the ship. Nice scene when they're in the corridors with Neelix there sort of interacting with, uh, I guess, I don't know if he's next to Riga or not, but he's interacting with one of the people there. Uh -huh. And Janeway sort of shows them around. They end up on the bridge. And did you make any note of the fact that they are using handshakes so easily? <laughs> But they're being introduced. Oh no, to, I didn't notice yeah, because that. Because it's sort of like, right. yeah, you're like right. why would they? Yeah, if they're, you know, if Monaeans, not every alien species will use a handshake to introduce themselves, right? Yeah. So I kind of felt like that's that's one little hole in the script or something that they people forgot about. Like, hey, we just take that for granted that as human beings we shake everyone's hand when we meet yeah. them, and then that's what happened on the bridge. It's just uh, the Monaeans are shaking every shaking Paris's hand, everything you know, and yeah. we find out that they're nomadic people who came to this ocean planet 300 years mm -hmm. ago. They haven't been here the whole time. It's interesting because on the bridge, I noticed that Tom Paris is much more enthusiastic and he's got so many questions. And normally that's not Paris. No. You no. know, and even Janeway sort of looks at him like, wow, you yeah. seem very excited about this. Yes. It was Most a little bit out of character that he was. A little bit, a little bit. Excited. We find out later that something I never knew about Paris until the episode, yeah, I guess, yes. that he was a big Jules Verne fan. <laughs> yes, and that he an wanted ancient to be in the, sailing ship fan. Yeah. I mean, it's like, huh? Yeah, we don't yeah, he know He wanted that. to be in the Navy instead yeah. of in Starfleet, but his dad yeah. made him go into Starfleet. Right. So I never knew any of this no. about Tom. So until, look at look at this, all this backstory we're learning right now. Yeah. I also want to say, I think both Tom and Harry's hair <clears throat> look great. 
in this look episode. Good. Yeah, okay. they, they look good. So you get up. Janeway knows, notices how enthusiastic you are. She invites you to the briefing room. Mm-hmm. We're in the briefing room. And initially, I thought that Burkus said Ariga, but he was saying Ariga knows about this. So it's not Ariga, but Riga is the name. Riga. So I was a little, yeah. And it's, you know, so he's the capital of Latvia is the name they chose for him. Yes, exactly. um, yeah. uh, so Riga says that the ocean was probably created naturally, but the ocean is losing containment. That is the big problem uh, because, you know, they, they want to keep that their their habitat going and, and containment loss is, is a bad thing. Did mm-hmm. you have any comments on the briefing room scene? No, I mean, I thought, you know, it was uh, Willie Garson starts speaking here for the first time, mm-hmm. I think, in this scene. And it was funny to see Willie just because I knew him um, pretty well. And he was a yeah. pretty outgoing guy to be playing this sort of like soft spoken. Yeah. quiet. I was like, that is such so not Willie. Well, that I uh, also made note of that. I said, I said, this is so different from how he is in other roles. He just yeah, took this yeah. very just almost like he was sedated. Shy. Yeah, very shy. He's kind of and shy just, and not very confident. I, yeah. Yeah. Yes. yes. Very funny. He, he was the wall. I flower. noticed that right away. I'm like, that's yeah. not, okay, that's no, not nothing even close is. to who he is in real life. Yeah. yeah. So now we move to the captain's ready room. We find out here the 20,000 leagues under the sea. Uh, uh, yeah. Paris and Janeway are fan. sitting on the yeah. couch. And this is one of those scenes I'm, I'm made note of of like mm-hmm. i never get a scene like this with jane no I never no no so you know tuvok has them all the time chakotay yeah. has them all the time yeah seven has them the doctor even has them i yeah. i never have these scenes where it's kind of working with janeway as opposed to combative or right. getting orders or just you know yeah problem solving this yeah. was more like this a is- a character scene it was most definitely i think and, i'd never had one for yeah. five seasons almost no and i and i made note i did not remember this scene at all and you no. saying ancient sailing ships were always tom's first love and i thought i know oh gosh, <laughs> what who who, who yeah. knew that and you just you know you tell janeway that a few modifications to these the thrusters on the delta flyer are all that's needed to be seaworthy and that the the Delta Flyer can go down and uh, take a look at what's going on. And Janeway approves your mission. And I also made a note, Robbie, Tom is super duper happy about this. I mean, your face is all like, like you, you just, you know, it's like uh, Georgia Bulldogs just won the championship is the kind of look you had on your face, which was a rare look on Tom's face. Tom's never that happy. So I and I also think Kate and I were very good friends, very yeah. close during the making of this show. Our trailers were near each other. We talked quite often, right, and shared a lot of you know personal stuff and time with each other. And so it was really nice looking at the scene to know that we had a scene like this in the middle of that run of the show when we were the closest that we ever were, right. And having a see like that friendship came out is my point. I feel yes, like you could yes. you could see that in the in in this kind of scene that in the scene mm-hmm. that we had a real uh, friendship chemistry there that that really came out. So it was fun to play the scene. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah. Next we go to the hallway, and Paris is super excited. He wants Harry to join him on this Jules Verne mission. Uh, he tells Seven they run into Seven. He says, Seven, you're going to be the bosun at one point. She's like, What are you talking about? <laughs> And sailor Tom talk. goes, yeah, sailor talk. He goes, you can call me Skipper. And I yeah. laughed at that. It was yeah. very funny. And you called me your first mate. Is the yes, you so, were the first mate. First mate, mate Bosun, Skipper. Yeah. Gilligan's Island going on here. And then Riga shows up. Willie Garson shows up and he's yeah. overloaded. He's like the guy with all the luggage. 
he's got like bags all over him and he's like am i in the right place a lot of colorful items that he has with him <laughs> i yes. wrote that down yeah yeah that yeah. was great we get on the delta flyer mm -hmm. and the first scene in the delta flyer i thought was i just made a note rick colby directed this beautifully because it's really just two shots but the mm. way that he sort of lined up the blocking mm -hmm. and we sort of landed in those seats it was just really elegantly done yeah and i don't always feel that way in the in the is shuttles this, it's yeah it's always this... the most flattering place to shoot scenes and i thought he shot all the scenes in in the flyer really well is this yeah. scene the one where riga comes from the back and hands yes. harry the pad yes that yes so he he's yeah that's right and so he focuses on riga he pulls back the the pad goes to harry and then yeah that was a really well blocked scene you're right it was just simple it was basically mm -hmm. i think it was i wrote down two shots but that's my yep. memory was as i watched it, i was just like god that was so well done mm -hmm. you know it was flattering for the actors the lighting the all of it and like i said when we're in these shuttles whether it was the old shuttle or the delta flyer it's not always the most flattering place yeah you know um it can feel a little like you're just sitting in a car and it didn't feel that way. It felt very yeah. cinematic. So they did a good job for sure. Uh, we have a ship shot of the Delta flyer diving into the water. Another cool VFX shot feels very Jules Verne. They start yeah. to come upon the cities that have been built uh, by the Minions underwater. And, mm -hmm. and there's the shots where you see that big moon roof that's in the delta flyer you can see the ships passing i felt mm -hmm. it really felt like twenty thousand leagues under the sea yeah very cool very cool we see that this is their main oxygen and desalination plant and paris is in awe he's in heaven watching you know it's like his jules verne dreams coming true mm -hmm. then we go to the ready room i think yeah we're, this, yeah right? jamway's ready room and I, what, what i wrote down is the first thing you see is this super super cool shot of the ocean planet in the background and it's askew. It's not. It's not where you know where the planet is. Just is normally at at a normal orientation. It's off to yeah. the side. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So I thought, hey, that's actually super cool. I love that yeah. shot. Yeah. Um, Chakotay brings Burkus in to Janeway's ready room uh, for Janeway to tell Burkus that the ocean will completely lose containment within five years. Yeah. And Burkus is. He doesn't really, he's not too phased by that, though, which is interesting. He's kind of like, huh, okay. Um, you know, he's, he, it's not phasing him. And you're kind of wondering what's going on here, but we, we learned a little bit later. It's more political than... Yeah, his whole, <laughs> his whole storyline is like, you know, uh, environmental issue on our planet. Mm, yeah. we don't, well, the politics are too, too hard, we, you know. Yeah. Which is a very familiar story, right? Like, oh, with, most definitely. You know the the ozone layer yeah. with, uh, you know, on our planet, or or yeah. just the environment, global warming, all of that, or it's just like, yeah, our oceans, politics. our oceans yeah. also being overfished and stuff like that, right? We're dealing with that on our own. Yeah, all of our environmental issues here, mm -hmm. climate change, all of it. Yeah, it's often the same response. Well, politically, I don't know if we can do too much, exactly. and so that's that's the story they're telling oh, yeah. here with. Yeah with him real life parallel yep we go to the delta flyer again now they're uh nearly 600 kilometers uh underwater and the hull starts to crack the structure yeah. is failing a bit at this depth but it still holds you know nothing's going on yet though right? nothing's going on yet but you start hearing that you know this the creaking starting and there's a shot outside with the lights of the delta flyer which are yes. just colorful and cool it was a really cool underwater shot and they see this ancient machine 
Yes. Riga's like, I don't know what this is. It looks like some ancient technology of some kind deep, deep in the ocean that they didn't even know existed. Yeah. Harry says it's at least 100,000 years old. It's some kind of field reactor, which is generating Mm -hmm. massive amounts of artificial gravity. So they realize this is what is holding this ocean together. Yep, exactly. Controlled by a core computer, this reactor. So Harry starts to upload this database from this old machine onto mm-hmm. the Delta Flyer so we can analyze it and figure out what's going on. Yeah. And the, the upload is going to take some time. So we've got to stay at this depth. And suddenly, as we start the upload, the Delta Flyer shakes and bumps. And we realize it's a giant sea monster, basically. <laughs> it's like a giant <laughs> electric eel, I think. When it hits the Delta Flyer 7 says it's, something like that was 500 volts. Of, it's emitting biothermic discharges. That thing looks so unique. I, I was trying to figure out, like, what does it look like to me? It looked like nothing that I had ever seen before. It yeah, it was so very many, different. Yeah. Again, great job. Very cool creature at the depths here. And yeah. uh, we do, our shields are fried as it attacked us. Thrusters are offline. A lot of issues. Seven uses our, our onboard, I guess, phasers or something yeah. to stun the creature and it retreats, but now we've got a leak. It actually hit us one more time. So she fires the phasers and someone says, oh, I just that just made a matter. And that, that's, that final hit before it retreats is what causes right. the hull breach right there. Water starts to pour in. And by the way, when water pours in a set, that's a big deal. Because big time, yeah. Like from a production standpoint, when you're shooting on stage, yeah, anything involving you know, water, fire, some of those elements that are, that can do damage to sets that can hurt people or flood Mm -hmm. the soundstage or all of those things. Near wiring, you know, there's issues. Mm -hmm. So I was really impressed that they were able to create this leak on the Delta Flyer. Did you remember? Contain it somehow. Yeah. Do you remember, do they put a huge bucket or underneath where the, where the water is shooting it from the, you know, I think they had built almost like in a shower, you know, uh, when they put yeah, the, yeah, the drain at the w- end, waterproof okay. kind of, yeah, they had built something. I remember standing in that. All right. So I also want to say, I really enjoyed Ken Biller's teleplay. I thought there were some great lines and there was yeah. some nice subtle humor in this one. And you and I are both proponents of, you know, more funny. We love the funny. Yeah, so, yeah uh, agreed. It's, it's in this episode. This had a, a lot of different elements, which mm-hmm. sometimes we'll do an episode that's you know, very emotionally based and it's kind of in that world or or very action-based, but this one had action, it had comedy. Yeah. It, it had did. character stuff. I felt yeah. like it was it was really good. So yeah, all around. He did, a, he did a great job. Yep. We're back in the brig. You're yep. still you're still dictating 600 kilometers underwater. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you say like something out of one of those Jules Verne stories you used to read me when I was a kid. So now you know where your love comes from of Jules Verne, your dad, the dad that you don't talk to. <laughs> I know yes. how crazy, yes. right? That so I never would have expected that there was the sweet side to their relationship because yes. you you assume that there yes, was just that it's never disciplinarian, disciplinarian, yeah. nannies, nannies, yeah. nobody, you know, no one really being there yeah. for his uh, raising as a child. But clearly, that is not the case. Your yeah. father read these stories to you. So we, we find more backstory here. Yeah. So there's a ship shake. Everyone's called to battle stations. The mm-hmm. brig guard is called out. And Paris is like, runs to the edge of the, the force field. And he's like, hey, what about me? You know, let me out of here. And I, I'm, I your I'm your yeah, best exactly. pilot. I'm your best pilot. I'm your best pilot. 
And uh, then as he's standing there by the edge of the brig, there's another ship shake. Right. And this was just a silly fall. This, that I but there was, this was another PSF. Do you remember yeah. what the PSF, the pathetic Starfleet little, fall? You, you, yeah. You, you somehow I kind of bounce off the wall. I roll sideways. I, I clearly I had to hit my head. And yes, but uh, we don't see that hit though. We just see you bounce against the wall out of off camera, and you fall to the ground, kind of unconscious, I guess. Right. Yes. The doctor yeah. shows up, and this is when you we learn that we we were attacked by five ships, and the only reason why we got away was because of. Ensign Cole Haynes, yes. awesome evasive maneuvers where yes. Tom gets a little jealous because now, now the king of the hill, Tom Paris, the pilot yeah. extraordinaire, has yep. a challenger. There is a challenger to your title, Ensign, Ensign Cole, Cole Hain. Hain. <laughs> Who is that, by the way? We don't even know. We've never heard of Ensign Cole Hain. This is an entire. This is the first time in five years that we've even heard the name Cole Hain mentioned. Yes. And now we know this guy is. He's he's an ace. He's a pilot that can do all kinds of things similar to what Tom Well, this is who comes up when Ensign Colhane on (laughs) Memory Alpha. Okay, that's Louis. So evidently, Louis is a great pilot. pilot. (laughs) Louis Ortiz. Louis Ortiz. Is Colhane. So yeah, I guess Louis was going to take over for me. (laughs) And we love you, Louis. (laughs) <laughs> Louis, Louis was great. Yeah. He was a regular background artist. He was, on our show. he was, and a and a cool person to hang out with and talk. Very to. cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was great. That was Ensign Colhane. That's I guess. funny. They just gave they arbitrarily just assigned Louis's face to yeah. that name. I love it. Mm-hmm. All right. So, any other comments that you made, or any notes on the this the rest of that brig scene when the doctor? Well, you know, I love when the doctor says your injury is what Naomi Wildman refers to as a boo boo boo. <laughs> Because Paris is being very dramatic. Yeah. I did feel like the doctor is scanning around and it looks like he's giving him some kind of hair treatment. Like, Yeah, and he's, the, he's a little rough with you too. He's kind of manhandling you. And he like, is, he is. And here's another thing I noted. So the doctor finishes talking to Paris uh, and we do learn that he's got 20 more days. We're only 10 days into yeah, this. Yeah, this is the beginning of thing. This, yeah. Mm-hmm. But then the doctor stops at the force field waits for the force field to be dropped he goes through and then you see it go back on and i was like wait a minute why did you turn the force field off for he's the doctor a, he's a he's the yeah he's a hologram <laughs> like oh you know what it is no like... no i'll tell you what it is it's for his mobile emitter the mobile emitter oh. is actually right because yeah, like if maybe. He walk, think about this if he walks through that the mobile <laughs> emitter will stay it will okay. not cross through all so right that, good that's thank you reason. for explaining that because <laughs> i was like this makes no sense why right. is he right okay yeah all right because yeah because he's not on a holodeck he's in the brig yeah. there's no hollow projectors in the brig yeah. as far as we as far as we know so okay yeah, yeah that's true that makes sense now okay good all right we go back to the flyer structural integrity is weakening Tom is very wet. He's welding the hole shut. Yeah. The only way that they can surface is to jettison uh, everything that they can to. Well, not jettison, transport. That's what they said. So so we just transport all the non-essential equipment off the ship back to Voyager or wherever the heck and transport it. Venting plasma, plasma, plasma. I did it. Plasma. (laughs) The old old plasma. The old plasma routine. Um, So venting plasma. And uh, that's how we're going to just eventually Mm -hmm. rise to the surface. Yeah, Uh, but Paris says, no, we got to stay. This is our only chance to fix this containment field generator. Mm -hmm. I love your suggestion. You suggest that you're going to just take an environmental suit and let everyone else go. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, wow, that's a very 
very strong environmental suit to withstand 600 kilometers worth of you know pressure of pressure i was like i don't know if that's a he's, good a yeah. no, Harris, <laughs> he's a hero yeah he's a hero all right but everyone agrees to stay we're all like okay if you want to yep. stay we will stay we'll stay okay we go back to the bridge they pick up a breach in the containment field that's holding the water yes we and... see first we see that shot we actually have an exterior yep. plant a shot of the breach kind of being uh yeah it looks uh, like the water coming out water funnel or something or water spout yeah yeah going out into space yep and um, but they can't reach the delta flyer they're trying but they can't reach the flyer we go right. back to the flyer and Kubak does suggest reinforcing this field. He says, uh, yep. he says to Janeway, look, let's reinforce this field with a deflector beam. Janeway says, sure, that's a good idea. And again, like you said, Cote tries to hail the flyer, nothing. Mm -hmm. And Burkus is there. He's nervous. He doesn't know what's happening. Yeah, so we're back inside the Delta flyer and the reactor is releasing this pressure. Mm -hmm. As we saw, they realize that they think it's being done deliberately by right. this field generator. Right. And Harry finds the density of the water has been increasing over the past few years. And the mm -hmm. generator periodically has to create these breaches in the containment field to keep itself from being crushed. So basically right. the Meneans, whatever they're doing, yeah. we're starting to piece together. Well, we don't know yet it's the Meneans, but, but yeah. we know that something is creating more pressure. And this generator, field generator is trying to keep a balance, a healthy balance in the ocean. So, right. so it's what, really well, purpose. Yeah, to be totally specific, the reactor is diverting all this power yep. to its own force field, to its own structural integrity field mm -hmm. because of the extra density. So now when that power is pulled away from the gravity of the you know, holding the water, holding the water. water, that now there are little breaches here and there that happen because of all the power that it mm -hmm. needs to keep itself alive so it doesn't crush in that mm -hmm. uh, massive uh, pressure situation that it is. Um, but Paris is the one that says, initiate a power transfer to stabilize the core. Uh, Seven says, okay, I can do this, but it's only a temporary solution. It's only going to work for, right. yeah, briefly. But it does work, though, because yep. on the bridge, Tuvok tells Janeway that full containment has just been reestablished. And Janeway says, mm -hmm. oh, the deflector beam. And Tuvok says, no, no, it's from within. It's within. The exactly. Delta flyer. Somebody did something in the flyer. And they detect the flyer on a slow ascent. Yeah, we go back to the Delta flyer and... Somehow Tom's hair is magically dry and styled, yeah. I guess. <laughs> I didn't I guess write that from, down. <laughs> from like the, well, you the know. breach and it's like no, you know, no, pouring you... all over him. And then all of a sudden it's kind of floofy and he's all good. Now, Tom uh, added a hair dryer to the Delta yeah, Flyer. I don't know if a, people know that. He has a little hair dryer. He's got a blow dryer, yeah. a little gel. Yeah. He's, he's ready He's ready to go on the floor. There's an entire salon in the back. I don't know if people Absolutely. know this. There's that huge cargo area and a hair salon as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so Paris, Paris is studying the database and he finds out that this ocean used to be part of a landmass and mm -hmm. um, that this reactor was sent into space and it drew all the water off the planet. Mm -hmm. And then uh, it's basically the Menean mining operations that are destroying this, this ocean. Uh, but it's just a cool idea that this reactor was sent into space and it just attracted, attracted the entire, you know, ocean yeah. off of a planet. And then it's kind of like moonfall. It's like that movie I just watched. <laughs> they create this space station and then it pulls all of this, pulls all this stuff rocks and dirt on the outside so it can hide out. We go back to the brig and there's little Paris. Little Tom playing with a model ship. It was a cute scene with the little kid yeah. playing with a model ship. And he hears these voices, Admiral Paris's voice, Janeway's voice, Harry's voice. Yeah. And Harry's voice is saying, wake up, wake up. And he wakes up 
Yeah. And he realized it's a dream and he's a little unshaven. That was all fake. That was fake makeup. That was yeah. not because we That's... shot this all in one day. So, yes. Yeah. And I asked and I actually wrote that down. I wanted to ask you that was fake. Yeah. Uh, yeah the, the five o'clock shadow was not really yeah. your five o'clock mm -hmm. shadow. Mm -hmm. um, I also wrote that uh, in that little scene, you, you hear like they say you were you're going to have 30 years of solitary confinement. Right. And when I wake right. you up, you're a little you're a little salty with Harry. You know, yeah. and Harry's sort of like, you know, what are you going to do? Delete the letter? That would be pointless. And then you say, at least I'm consistent, which I felt was... Old Paris. Well, no, no, but it was a, it was a re reference to earlier when we're in the turbo lift. And you talk about my choices for women being oh, always yeah. the wrong girl. And I say, at least I'm consistent. consistent. So this is you know, another kind of reference to an well, earlier great, scene. Yeah, callback for yeah, the Yeah, so the I writers. thought, look at Ken Biller. Look at him go. He threw the same line with you to me and you brushing off Harry by saying that, you know? Yeah. And that sort of ends the scene with uh, Harry's tagline is, what was it you once told me that your father used to say you'd never finished anything? And that was almost... Oh, was, that yeah. was a reference to, do you remember the episode where I go back to Marseille, France, and I see Tom mm -hmm. Paris, who's been, been drinking and, and kind of hitting the hooch. And, and I kind of say that, you know, well, you, you amounted to nothing. Or it, it was the same tone again, yeah. in, in essence. So I kind of felt like the, that was an homage to an earlier episode there. Yeah, I think so. I think there was some nice callbacks to old Tom and kind of trying to bridge the gap and connect the dots between where he came from and who he is now. I thought it yeah. was great. Yeah, we have an exterior space shot of uh, the Delta Flyer making its way back to Voyager with Paris's voiceover. We've told Burkus about the alien field reactor and how the oxygen refineries are destroying it. Uh, it's a nice shot, just seeing mm -hmm. the Delta Flyer go back to uh, the hangar in the, in the rear of uh, yep. the Voyager. But basically we offer in the briefing room, we offer Burkus and Riga some temporary solutions, but they're gonna have to make some big changes. Mm -hmm. You know, Balana. Uh, has designed an oxygen extraction design that will help, you know, not damage their environment so much. Right. But basically, Burkus's only concern is the political impact. Yeah, like, he's really he, sidestepping the issue. He does yeah. request the shield and thruster schematics for the Delta Flyer because they want to design a probe that's going to be able to get down mm -hmm. to those depths to monitor the generator. But mm -hmm. other than that, he's Mr. Burkus is Mr. Sidestep uh, mm -hmm. in this entire scene. Paris gets a little hot. Under yeah, the collar hot here. under the collar. He gets a little angry about things. He's passionate about it. And I, Berka says something like, uh, you know, we have a saying, brine in the veins. Yes. Tell him what it means, Riga. It was just a <laughs> funny little exchange. Brine in the veins. I think I can imagine what that means. <laughs> but he's like, yeah, it means you're so connected to the ocean that, you know, you feel it or whatever. This, this is the second time Berka is like, and Riga, take it away. I mean, yeah, it's exactly. Like, it's like, you talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Paris is upset. They leave. Uh, he says to Jane, well, we got to do something. She's like, nope, prime directive. We cannot. We've offered help if they don't. Well, she reprimands it. you. She's she reprimanding does. you here. She's she's not happy of, about what how you reacted with Burkus. Well, she uh, says, you know, I, I like your passion, but when you're in a room with me, check the attitude. Yeah. Like, she's pretty, pretty yeah. tough on him. There. She is. She is. Uh, which I think is great. It was great. Yeah. You know, I, I like that they allow. Yep. some conflict in a good way and especially because like i said i kept pitching the writers have him be rebellious for a cause a, cause, a reason and that's finally like 
it's I'll, here I'll, this is the yeah, episode I'll buy, here's your I'll buy a scene yeah i'll buy the character being rebellious and breaking rules but just do it for something that matters yeah anyway uh she says check the attitude we go to captain proton next and there's paris just sitting there in the captain proton alone in thought love oh, this scene. very sad Bellana comes in yeah and um and he talks about the Jules Verne of it all in the ocean. Yeah. He said, you know, when I was a kid, this was all just a fantasy and stories, but now I'm passionate about this. Yeah. And, uh, and she sees it. She says she's proud of him and that he's found a cause. She literally, what I was pitching the writers for years. Yes. Balana <laughs> says, you finally found a cause and I love it. And she's, which she should great. have said, she just said, Tom, the writers finally found a cause for you. That's what she just said. <laughs> she says Captain Proton may, may not be able to save the day, Tom. But Tom uh, Paris. But Tom Paris can. Yeah. I love so that she one. kind of was the reason why you flirted with uh, violating the prime directive. I think in so. A way. She's, she's yeah. kind of saying like, hey, go do something know. about it. Yeah. I don't know. It was a little like, uh-oh, uh-oh. Here mm -hmm. we go. We go to the transporter room. Paris stops Riga just yeah. before he's about to leave. Dismisses yep. the transporter operator. Oh, yeah. And so you know that he's got something, some Something plan. legal is about to happen. Yeah, it's about and to go And he says, down. you know, the hypothetically, Riga, like, what if, <laughs> uh, you know, all of your your factories got shut down? What would, what would happen? Yeah. And uh, Riga says, you know, the po politicians aren't going to do anything about this. Mm -hmm. And so Riga goes, okay, if you can get me down there, I will shut them down. Right. And Paris basically says, that's all I need. I just need you to ask me because of this prime directive thing. Like, so this is my, my loophole. This your backdoor policy. This was my loophole. How to get around it. Okay. They right. asked me. They asked me, Captain. Oh, my um, God. Yeah. So we go to the bridge. Uh, Berkus calls and says, hey, there's a shuttle. That's just your shuttle's back down. Or what's going on? Yeah. And Janeway's like, oh, I guess they're going to take some radical action. Yeah. Those radical environmentalists are going to do something. Yep, she tells them that Paris is acting alone. We're inside the Delta Flyer. Janeway uh, tells him to return to Voyager. Paris says he cannot. And uh, Cut, Janeway cuts says, off, cuts yeah. off the comm. He's yeah, like, yeah. Janeway says he's just you're disobeying direct orders, and mm -hmm. Paris just turns the comm off. He doesn't, he doesn't want to listen to it. Um, Chakotay suggests an old-fashioned depth charge. Mm -hmm. Tuvok says, "Okay, I can modify a photon torpedo to make an old-fashioned depth charge." And then Harry's uh, like, "Captain, it's yes. we're talking about Tom." <laughs> yeah, I can't. thanks, thanks, buddy. I tried. I tried. I, know. I said, "We're try. not going to open fire, are we?" And then Janeway, cold as ice, he forfeited his status as a protected member of this crew the second he launched that shuttle. And it's like, uh-oh. Mm -hmm. And I felt bad. And you saw my, yep. my sadness in my face. It was sad. I did. I was really upset. That's part of what being a hero is about, though. You've <laughs> got to be willing to, you know, take yeah. the consequences. Yeah. Then we have a cut. It just jumps back and forth between the Delta Flyer and the bridge. 36 seconds yeah. of target. Janeway gives her final warning. The missile is armed. Um, stand down, Mr. Paris. Now, this is what's weird. They modify the photon torpedo into a depth charge, meaning mm -hmm. it should fall into the water and slowly, like a depth charge, come down to the right depth and explode. But it was really just like a normal photon torpedo. It just shot, went into the water, and just kind of kept going. Hit. It kept going, and it hit the missile. That's it. And it looked just like a normal photon torpedo. So that's yeah. where I thought, oh, it was a little, a little, a little bit off there. Different yeah. than described. Yes, exactly. So yeah, but uh, basically the depth charge of this photon torpedo uh, prohibits 
what we were trying to do to Correct. shut down their factories and you right. know it 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 stops us from taking the radical action yeah so the planet is you know the water is not saved mm-hmm. but i did love the countdown because they're going back and forth between janeway going five four oh we right to, yes we yeah. go to the yeah go to the uh delta flyer and paris is going Three, three, two, two. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and then we both go one, one, one. fire, fire. Yeah. <laughs> it was like back and forth between Paris and Jamie. That was kind of a cool. It was very cool editing thing. Yeah, agreed. Then we go back to the same scene from the teaser, but now this is the longer version. I this knew is the longer there was something one. missing <laughs> in that first scene. Now we see the longer yes. version that explains the everything. Whole passion alone doesn't allow you to take matters into your own hand. Yeah. You broke the rules for something you believed in, though, you know, so this is something that she kind of respects that you have something that you believe in, but you still mm-hmm. broke the rules. And that's yeah. why you're going to the brig. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, we go to the brig, but now we're jumping to the end of his 30 days. Right. Tuvok comes in. Um, and I did like when Paris goes out, he wakes him up and he's sort of even more disheveled, more of a yeah. beard there. That's not your beard again. That's no, light, not correct? my beard. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then there's a shot that sort of pans over as they walk out in the hall. And I liked how Tom Paris or me <laughs> stopped in the <laughs> hall and just kind of looked around at like the freedom, like he yeah, hadn't yeah, been outside yeah, of that yeah. room. And so you I, saw that little tableau of him standing in the doorway for a moment and sort of like, wow, I'm out. And then yeah. heading out. It was just a little and, detail, and I, but it's a small yeah. detail. But I did write down, you know, good choice by Robbie as an actor to actually stop, take it all in. I'm free because I think it would have been less impactful if you just walked right out, you know, and yeah. you just see the shot of you just walking out, not like it's walking out of an everyday room, like it's a normal thing. And it wasn't a normal thing. You left and those the kind brig. of little details are, I'm going to say, not scripted. Those are the things that you or I would add to the scene. Correct. But like a writer, the actor is able to create moments. Yeah. You know, we're given a script, but that's just the beginnings of of what the scene is about. And then we add these little moments. And and I feel like that was a moment I was really happy. I I am guessing that that was a moment that I, either Rick Rick Colby or myself had said, hey, what if we stop here, let the shots sort of linger for a moment and then. Yeah, yeah. And just so so the fans know, none of our scripts ever really included any blocking directions in there. You know, like it it never does it say like, Harry then looks around frantically or whatever. It's that's not written into the script. It's really up to the interpretation of the actor and the director. Yeah, like Harry enters the room, sure. Yeah, of course. Or Harry sits sits up you know yeah sits in front of janeway Mm -hmm. to 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 plead his case right you know it may have some standing or sitting or entering or exiting but that's about it yes and usually it's uh the kind of stuff that's pretty basic all the other stuff the actors whether it's kate or you or myself Mm -hmm. you know we all add that stuff to it yeah we go to paris's quarters which has the orange color i saw that you know there's my my phone case you requested that I did request you? orange, yeah. I knew um, it. Yeah, but we go in, Balana calls, and she's like, hey, rumor has it that you're uh, free now. And she well, says, she uh, orders she makes you. a dinner. Yeah, she orders me to, <laughs> as, as your superior dinner officer. Mm-hmm, that's yeah. right. Um, and, and then he finishes the letter and says, you know, I don't know if, uh, if I can, you know, explain how things went wrong for us, but at least now you, maybe you can know who I am a little better or something. I thought that was really um, a great lesson of like, 
sometimes we may not agree. <laughs> we may have to agree to disagree on certain subjects, yeah. but at least just sharing who we are and why, yeah. you know, sharing our experience and our perspective and, and what, what we, yeah, what we experience makes us a little closer to someone else. And that's all we can do. We may not always agree. We may not always see eye to eye, but at least we can know each other a little better. That was a great lesson at the end, I thought. So. And I, I like how you finish the letter and then you set it to transmit when within when range of earth, because earlier you weren't even going to send this. And yeah. I feel like it's almost because of Harry saying what oh, he said in there and he's and finish. that kind of put, yeah, you never finish what you started. And also, you know, what's the point of you not sending to him? It's pointless. And, you know, yeah. and this, it's obviously a little bit of a, uh, a sore subject for you so that's you brushed it off but i think the message was there subconsciously mm -hmm. which made you say i'm gonna i'm gonna send this to my dad so yep. a nice little end to this episode great so your theme would you say or your lesson overall my theme i wrote down sometimes doing what what's right means breaking some rules okay that's right. my theme i kind of got that's what that's my takeaway is that uh, it's kind of what I was pitching to the writers for a couple of years. And, yeah. and I think it did lead to this story uh, being developed this way. Yeah. That breaking the rules isn't always a bad thing. Yeah. You know, these absolutes of rules can never be broken. Mm -hmm. If there's uh, enough of a reason, sometimes you may have to break some rules. You're going to take the consequences for, for breaking the rules, but mm -hmm. as long as you're willing to do that and you believe in what is truly right and you try every other way you can to not break rules mm -hmm. you know anyway yeah sometimes you may have to break the rules to do the right thing that's my yeah. takeaway what about you uh, my lesson is <sighs> never agree to do a stunt where sparklers are shooting out of a jetpack <laughs> yes <laughs> yes that's my lesson i will never do that again that is a big lesson a big big lesson your rating this is a tough one for me because I want to try to keep, uh, you know, a, a healthy perspective. Yeah. My character and me as an actor had a lot to do in this episode. You did. So I'm, you know, we're always biased, I'm sure, when we have those kind of episodes. Mm -hmm. But I feel like this was a good episode. I'm going to give it an eight, actually. Whoa. I know. I know. Okay. Nice. I'm, I feel like it did have comedy. It had our holiday, Captain Proton. I'm always a fan of that stuff. Mm -hmm. It had real development in a way we hadn't seen for Paris. And uh, I just thought it was really good. So okay. I'm going to give it an eight. All what right. about you? I'm going to go a little bit, just a fraction lower. I'm going to give it a 7.7 7 is what I'm Ooh, giving it. Okay. 7.7. 7, so. All right. Um, I have same, in my same reasoning. hand. Oh. I, have in, I have in my hand. <laughs> Tell us the Oscar winner, please. Oh, the Admiral and Captain's ratings of 30 days. Yeah. Are? 8.2. Wow! 8.2 average. I think that's wow. the highest that they've rated an episode so far. Since wow. Yeah. Goodness. That's pretty cool. Thank you, Captains and Admirals, for Woo! a nice, a very respectable rating on an episode yeah. that I feel like I contributed a lot to. Guys so were, that's mm -hmm. they're they're point two away from your rating and point yeah. five away from mine. So yeah. it's very close. Good job. And I think everybody had something to do in this episode. Bellana didn't yeah. have a lot. She had a, you know, one basically one scene. She was in the hall. Right. But that scene, with, the that's, that one scene. scene with you was the catalyst for you to actually go on your mission. Yeah. Or maybe save the ocean. Yeah. So. 
Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like everybody had something to do. Mm-hmm. You know, the doctor had a nice scene. Yep. You and I had some nice scenes. Yes. Everyone. I did. don't know. Yeah. Good eight, teleplay. Eight too. Yeah. Great. I great visual it. effects. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. Okay. Nice. Well, that was fun. That was that was a lot of fun. And what is next week's episode? Yes, next week's episode is counterpoint. 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 Yeah. So we will look forward to seeing all of you next week when Robbie and I review counterpoint. See you then. Awesome. Mm